We got him. New South Alabama head football coach, Major Applewhite, on Locked On Sunbelt. You are Locked On Sunbelt, your daily podcast on the Sunbelt Conference, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, welcome back to another edition of Lockdown Sunbelt, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. New customers, join today and you'll get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash Lockdown to get started. All right, so we did. We got a Major Applewhite, the new head football coach of South Alabama. He talks about the coaching staff coming and going. Uh, his second chance at being a head coach, what the plan is offensively and uh, defensively. Uh, so let's get right into it. He is the new head coach of the South Alabama Jaguars. He is Major Applewhite. Dave Schultz back with another edition of Lockdown Sunbelt, your team every day. We've had uh, ULM new head football coach, Bryant Minson on. We just had new uh, JMU head football coach, uh, Bob Chesney on, and you know, a little bit later than I thought because you think you know a guy, but he's been very busy. We get the South Alabama new head football coach, Major Applewhite on, the former uh, offensive coordinator coach. Congratulations on uh, the new gig. It has been one domino, create one domino created like five job openings at the D1 level. Uh, how quickly did this happen when, when you, uh, you know, when everything went down? Yeah, it went it went rather fast. Um, you know, obviously, Coach Saban made waves coming into college football. He's made right. waves going out of college football. Uh, but as soon as uh, you know Martin Luther King Day that Monday, fifteenth or sixteenth, can't remember the actual date, but that's when it kind of transpired on that Monday. Um, got a call from Kane. Uh, talked to Kane, you know, late Monday evening, you know, about the decision he was making, and then just trying to get with the staff members and. You know, hey, let's let's make sure we keep our players at the forefront of our minds. How are we going to keep our roster? We don't know what what's going to happen in terms of a new head coach, a promotion from within. We 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 don't know that answer yet. But at the end of the day, if we're all going to be here, we need these players. We got really good players, really good guys. Um, so it went fast from that standpoint. The hiring process, the interview process was fast, which was great from the standpoint of um, you know for the players to understand. Okay. This, we do have a head coach. Um, we do have a head coach that's wanting to keep a lot of this staff here. So a lot of things aren't going to change for me. Um, then about five or six days later, uh, Corey Batoon gets offered a, a great opportunity at Missouri uh, as defense coordinator to work with Drink. And you can't blame anybody for taking a, a great opportunity and, and bettering themselves in, in their career. So uh, that threw another little kind of jab to, to some kids that were already kind of staggering. Um, that threw another little flurry of punches. But Hiring Will Wendell back as our defensive coordinator. Again, kind of got everybody into their corners, got got their wits about them, and, and, and now they're back out. And now there's a staff, and uh, and they're operating in a weight room with a strength coach because the strength coach had left as well. So there was a lot of just little things about every, you know, and you're 19 to 20. It's hard for us to truly take ourselves back to that age, Dave, you know. Right. But if you really take yourself back there uh, and think about yourself at your weakest moments instead of your best moments, that's probably going to jar you it's probably going to jar the hell out of you. If you lose your head coach, coordinator, possibly a position coach, strength coach, there's a lot of facets of your daily life that are changing. So uh, for those guys to hang tight, uh, the coaching staff to hang tight, it just says a lot about our players, says a lot about our coaching staff. Who took care of the Will Window moving expenses? <laughs> uh, fortunately, we saved some money on that. I'm sure Dr. Erdman, our AD, is very pleased with that. But uh, 
it was very simple. You just had to pick up a sign right. and, uh, and everything was moved in. You know, Will did all the decorations himself. So this was always a big question, uh, and we don't have to get specifics, but your name was out there either following last season or maybe even two seasons ago because uh, the offense has been very good, whether it was uh, Jake Bentley or Carter Bradley, that you were – you were uh, uh, people were interested in you to be a Power 5 OC. So the big question that I always had with the other people, and th- th- not that many that cover South Alabama, is is Major going to go with Kane if he takes a Power 5 job or is Major going to stay back and take the uh, South Alabama head coaching job? Is that was that ever in your mind? Because I didn't see up until Kalen, you know, DeBoer was hired that Kane was going to take a DC job uh, in this case, and that I think that's a very specific case. Like if Mike Norvell takes the Alabama job, I think Kane's probably still at South Alabama. Um, yes. So was that ever? How did you approach this whole whole situation? Because you know, you, you always, you know, it, it is what it is. You always got one eye on what you're doing and one eye on, on what's going on, you know, yeah. in, in the coaching realm. I, you know, I, I, um, it's just in this business, it's like, you can't predict what's going to happen. Um, so we were, we were going to look, when I say we, I'm talking about my wife and my family. Um, we were going to look at any and every opportunity hypothetical that could pre- present itself sure. and look at any and every, you know, positive or negative to it. And, you know, and be grateful <laughs> because it's a hard business. It is a it tough is. business. Uh, it's a hard business to stay in. It's a really hard business to move up in. Um, and uh, I think we would just look at it year after year and what made sense for us as a family first, what made sense professionally second. And then, you know, if it, if it makes sense for your family and it makes sense for you professionally right now, then, then it's about, all right, who are we doing this with um, in terms of the leadership, you know, whether it's, going to Kane to another power five school, whether it's going to a power five school that offered you a coordinator job, you still want to know the head coach, the athletic director, president, all those people are aligned and the way they think about their football program. So we were, we were grateful and ready for any opportunity and would discuss any opportunities of family. And we've had those situations the last couple of years. And um, there's been a number of reasons, but number one has just been, my family's very happy in mobile and I'm happy in mobile. And, um, the nest isn't happy if, if, if the mom isn't happy right. and she's happy. Right. Um, right. And the sure. reason the mom's happy is because her little chicks are happy. And so her two babies are happy. So she's happy. And since those three are happy, I'm happy. And that's, that, that it's not much more complicated than that. Well, one of the, and we're talking with major Applewhite, the new head coach of South Alabama. So one of the things that, that all these, you know, you've done this, you know, when you do pick up and leave, uh, you know, the head is spinning, right? The family's usually left behind. You're trying to recruit. You're trying to add staff members. You got to get players. And now you got to recruit the the uh, the players that are already there. And you got to find a place to live. And, and there's a whole thing going on. And you got to do that in about a month or something along those lines. Now you don't have to do that. You're already settled in. You had to recruit some players and you had to get some new coaches, which is always going to be the case. But certainly um, easier is less is not the is the not is probably not the uh probably less complicated would be the, the right. proper phase uh when you are you know promoted from within no doubt. personally well, and professionally yeah i mean it, it, the, 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 those are all the things that are exactly what you just said dave all those things are taken off your plate you don't have to focus on that you're not having to sign up for benefits you're not having to get a student id number you're not having to learn where to park now you're not having to get temporary homes housing looking for homes um, you know, so those are things that are just, like you said, they're, they're not on your plate. So you're able to focus on the here and now, which was, okay, we, I am the head coach now, uh, but the strength coach just left. All right. Well, these guys are right in the meat of January workouts. This is the forefront. I'm not trying to sign up for insurance or dental. 
I'm focused on a strength coach. Right. Um, I'm not doing some of those necessary tasks, but but you're able to focus on the meat and potatoes of what you want to get to right now. So that's been a huge blessing for me. Uh, I know for Robbie Zell on the offensive staff, for Kyle Skierski on the offensive staff, for Cam Clemenson, for Trey Williams, uh, for Will Wyndham, although it was, you know, two two week little hiatus, right. but 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 his stuff stayed in the same place. So uh, now at the same time, there were four guys that we brought onto the staff, or excuse me, five that we brought uh, four. Fifth one being Will, who left and came back, but four that we brought on the staff, three on offense and get ready to bring one in on defense that do have to go through that. You know, but there's a lot of institutional knowledge here that has been around for the last three years. So if I'm Ephraim Reed or uh, I'm Paul Petrino and I don't know where something is, there's a lot of people in the hallway. You're not just bumping into new people yourself. So uh, there's people to help onboard the new coaches and, and familiarize them with, with certain things and, and get them into the flow of what we're doing. All right, let's take a time out. When we come back, Major Applewhite will talk about the offensive plans for the South Alabama Jaguars, how much that'll change, if any, and what actually happened last year. We talked about that a lot. I was befuddled, and Major Applewhite does a discussing. First, let me tell you about FanDuel. Happy Super Bowl to all of those who celebrate from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. If you're like me, Super Bowl Sunday is all about scoring the best seat on the couch, grabbing your football snacks, and placing some super bets. FanDuel has so many ways for you to end the season with a W or two or three. Not only can you bet who will win Super Bowl 58, but FanDuel also has bets for which players will score a touchdown, how many points will be scored, and so much more. New customers, join today and you'll get $200 in bonus bets for your first bet of $5 or more wins. Just visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to sign up. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sportsbook partner of uh, the NFL. Dave Schultz, Lockdown Sunbelt, your team every day. Let's continue our conversation with the new head football coach of the South Alabama Jaguars, Major Applewhite. How much, if any, will the offense change? And what exactly happened uh, to the South Alabama Jaguars last season as they were very inconsistent? Right, we're talking to Major Applewhite, new head uh, football coach for South Alabama Jaguars. Great segue. We can talk about Rob Ezel being promoted to OC. Now, is he still going to handle the tight ends? Because you know my affinity for the tight ends. I can come in there and help, and I'll be honest. Anytime you're not thrown to the tight end three plays in a row, I'm going to get on the headset and say, Major, don't forget the tight end. Don't forget the tight end, Major. (laughs) Well, well, Rob's not going to forget about him because we still got really good players at that position, and we've been blessed the last three years to get a lot of production out of that position. Um, You know, and DJ – Thomas really started playing. I mean, he played great ball last year, but towards the last half of the season, really turned it on. Um, so that position is still going to be something that we're utilizing uh, quite a bit. And I know Rob knows that position well because he's worked with it for the last three years. So he knows the strengths and weaknesses and where that position can be featured. Uh, but Kyle Skierski, uh, who, who worked with us on the defensive side of the ball last year, he, by trade, he's an O-line coach. Uh, O-line, tight end coach by trade. Um, he was here as a defensive analyst last year and works – hand-in-hand with Corey Platoon in the press box on game day. Um, He was a guy that, you know, broke down the opposing team's offense, kind of kind of told you what was behind the curtain in terms of this is the way these guys are thinking, these are the plays they really like, this is how they set these plays up, and try to just give the the defensive coordinator a a really good picture as to who this offense is, why they do the things the way they do, who they like to do them with. So he's moved over from that defensive analyst position to tight ends. Um, he's going to do a great job for us, great recruiter, um, 
you know, I can't say enough about all the guys that we've, we've hired on our staff. Uh, I believe that we've got number one, good character people, uh, great character, uh, that they, they're going to be able to build meaningful, deep relationships with their players. Um, they're not very surfacey. We all say that as coaches, you know, you it doesn't care. You know, a kid doesn't care how much I know till he knows how much I care. You know, that's a very famous coach cliche. Right. And we can all, we can all shell it out there in interviews. Um, but these men on this staff have great depth of character. They, they, they're relationship people. They're going to find the best in you and they're going to demand the best in you. And they're going to help you see the best in you and know that it's there. Um, so Kyle is no different from the rest of the staff. I'm just excited to be surrounded by really good coaches. Does Todd, the jet justice have any more eligibility and, and do you need to find, you know, the, uh, the fake punt guy now moving on? Cause I think he's had two huge fake punt. Please. Oh, Todd's gonna Todd's gonna stay in the mix. Um, oh. you know, he's gonna stay in the mix. You know, we're gonna franchise tag him, right? Um, right. You know, and, and keep him here. Um, that may disappoint some other players, but we're gonna go ahead and franchise him, and uh, I'm gonna get him an NIL deal. I'll get him a hamburger a month. Um, but that that that's that that's what, that's what we gotta do to keep Todd. We'll do that. All right, so let's talk about the offense and defense. Does it stay the same? Do we in- install something new? Do we adjust to what we had? Because obviously. Um, yeah. You're going to a left-handed quarterback. I don't know, if, you know, most likely. I don't yes. know how much that changes the offense. But do we 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 stay with the basic offense, or what do we do now that now that Major Applewhite is in charge? Well, the the base. I mean, terminology-wise and scheme-wise, we're we're staying very similar. Now, there's going to be things at the end of every year. Uh, we've changed a little bit of things after the 21 year, 22, 23. There's going to be some tweaks in it. Uh, same thing defensively. You know, you're going to go back and you're going to look at the issues that you have. You know, what issues did we have on offense? What issues did we have at positions? Uh, what issues did we have schematically on defense, personnel-wise? Um, you know, situational issues. All of those things are, are, are the things that we're diagnosing now. And then that, you know, that'll determine what you want to tweak and what you want to change in spring practice. Now, as you go through the season, you kind of jot something over to the right side of your ledger and you kind of like, this is an issue, we're going to have to address this. And so those things have been thought of, you know, not just at the completion of the season, but probably by about late October. You start to know these are some things that we've got to hit once the season's over with and and get get them researched thoroughly uh, before we try this little experiment in spring. We don't want to, you know, a half-ass experiment out there. We want to, you know, research thoroughly and think where, where it's really going to help us. Uh, but to answer your question directly, we're going to keep the same uh, terminology terms for the most part. There will be some changes. Um, and then there'll be some tweaks to what we want to do on offense and defense. And the cool thing, I think, is that it's going to be called differently um, because you have two different coordinators. And, you know, while while the players get to keep some of the same terminology and things, it's going to have a different twist on it, um, you know, because guys are able to see the game differently and call it differently. Um, so going into year four, I think that might hopefully – Hopefully it's a hidden advantage in terms of, yeah, we know what they do on scheme, but this guy's calling it differently. He drives this car differently than the old guy. So, you know, I'm hoping that's what we get a little bit of. Well, we'll get, we'll get it. We'll get to the, you know, new stuff here because one might, <laughs> it may be you and it may be Ken Womack. You may have a slightly more athletic quarterback now, uh, <laughs> allegedly than, than the previous two. So, we'll, you know, no offense to the previous two, right. um, but I, I do need to go back. So, we, you know, you brought up issues. I couldn't come up with a better word than befuddled. I was befuddled by South Alabama last year. I, 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 I don't know why you guys didn't win 10 ball games. I know there were injuries and Carter was banged up a little bit and Ladani Webb was banged up a little bit. Uh, and I know you lost a voice in, um, but you know, I think you were one of, you may have been the only team for all I know that scored over 50 points three times. 
And the third time you did it with the two backup quarterbacks. Yeah. Uh, what were the issues? What can you share with us and, and me specifically? Because, because I mean, I, I was in, entirely confused uh, on, on what happened last season. And that could point towards, you know, how do we avoid that next season? Well, in the, in the losses, you know, when you start to look at each loss kind of one by one, you know, you, to me, I look at Tulane, I look at James Madison, um, you know, those, those type of teams are obviously really good football teams, uh, teams that have won 10, 11, 12 games, you know, and they're winning Cotton Bowls against USC. This, this, that's not a bad team. It's not a bad football right. team. Um, you know, you, you go out and you get beat by Tulane in the first game of the season and you turn the ball over. I believe we had four turnovers and I think we had something upwards of five procedure penalties. You played a better team and you didn't play well. You know, that's just be honest about that. James Madison, we started off so poorly on offense um, and we played against a really good football team on the road. Um, you start looking at your games like Lafayette, you know, you have over 500 yards of offense, but you turn the ball over five times. So, Right. I'm an offensive coach, you know, I'm more in tune to the issues we had on offense in terms of ball security, slow starts. Um, those were some of our issues, you know, uh, being able to get the ball out of our hand in the pocket and also protect our quarterback. Um, you know, we had to do some things to be aggressive, uh, to create opportunities for ourselves. And there were times where, you know, we're, we're getting sacked, we're taking sacks. Those are things negative plays. So, you know, really from an offensive standpoint, the first thing is ball security. Um, the second thing is we need to put a heightened emphasis on getting the ball out of our hand at quarterback and protecting the, the passer so we can stay aggressive. We don't want to be reduced to the quarterback sneak. So, But those are the two things that just jump off. And there's a lot of other things as well. But but when you start looking at, you know, who did you lose to? How did you lose to them? You know, there were some teams in there that were very quality opponents that we lost to. And there were also some games where we were our own worst enemy. So. Uh, to me, I start with where can we stop beating ourselves? Um, you know, looking at the games where we were evenly matched or or more talented, let's let's handle those first and be more consistent, and then we'll start talking about how we went in and beat a Power Five team on the road, but then right. came back at home and lost. That those are the types of swings we can't have happen. Um, if you go up to a power five team and you play your tail off and you lose, it's understandable, but going and beating a team like that and then coming home and losing at home, that's, that's hard to answer. So, you know, th those are the type of things that we're digging into as a team to be more consistent. You know, what, what, what are the things that, that, that trend towards what, you know, what are the leading factors that, that lead us towards more accountability, more consistency in our performance? And that's what we're really trying to do is, is not just reach peak performance, but consistent performance. And that's really kind of the definition of success is, you know, being able to consistently perform at a high level, not just hit it every once in a while. And so we got to look at how we how we do everything, you know, and I'm not trying to sound cliche about it, but how do we go to class? How do we go to the training room? Uh, how do we, you know, put nutrition in our bodies? How do we go to sleep? How do we go to tutoring? You know, just the intensity, um, the immediacy, the urgency that we show in those areas of our lives will undoubtedly filter into the football aspect of it. And and we're, we're at that age at 18 to 22. Where we're, we're still building who we are, who our habits are and how we're going to kind of attack these next 40, 60 years of our life. And so we got to we got to work on it. We got to have championship habits. Dave is what it really boils down to is if you create enough habits, then, then the habits create you. 
and we've got to create more championship habits and then we'll start seeing more championship execution out on the field and and that's what was so frustrating for all of us in this building last year kane included i mean probably the most frustrated being the head coach is just you know i see you guys score 50 one week and then i see you score 17 the next you know right. turn the ball over five times you know and i see us throw up a goose egg one week and then the next week we, we give up half a hundred you know so like what I, those are the things that we got to continue to talk to our, our team about, get them to understand, help them understand the why, why it happened that way. And, you know, that's, that's one of the hardest things to do is to get somebody at 18, 19, 20 years of age to get them to believe that this third and five is tied directly to your class attendance. It's, mm. it's, it's tied into your, you know, uh, punctuality for tutoring, you know, because if you, do have enough pride to show up and you are on time, then you'll damn sure have enough pride to show up and cover the flats on third and four, right. you know? So those are just, you know, trying to help them, you know, bridge that gap in their mind as to what it's really going to take to make changes. It's not on a barbell. Yes. Lifting weights is important, but that answer is not there. You know, it's in your head and it's creating good habits. A few more minutes with the uh, new head coach of South Alabama Jaguars, major Applewhite, a couple things of what you mentioned. Uh, you probably don't take any solace in this, but the, uh, win over Oklahoma State actually turned their season around. <laughs> they played for a Big 12 championship because everything you just said, they did. You know, the week after they lost to you, it was like, they didn't get lucky. They were, not only were they better than us, they beat us badly. And then that whole James Madison trip was, I mean, you guys were stuck in traffic. I don't even know if, if you got to the game an hour beforehand. And we right got there at 11 the game, o'clock. That's when yeah. we landed. Um. Will Windham is now the new head coach. You know, I don't know if you guys saw the film, but they said <laughs> Will Windham, Kane Womack. And I'm like, that's not what Kane Womack. So I'm like, yeah. and that's the second time that happened. If you Google Will Windham, he's the head coach at the UCLA game as well. well so uh, all, st all stocky white guys look the same. Dude. <laughs> all stocky guys with beards. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> he is. All right, let's take one more time out. When we come back, we'll wrap up our conversation with new South Alabama head football coach, Major Applewhite, he talks about getting a second chance to becoming a head coach and what he learned uh, last time out. And he actually answers who's going to be the starting quarterback, at least to start, for the Jaguars in 2024. We will do that when we come back. All right, almost 1,130 subscriptions on YouTube. Really appreciate it. We're going to set a goal. It's a little bit lofty, 1,300 by April 1st. That is a good, what, seven weeks still to go. And we got softball starting and we got baseball starting. And we're starting to wind down for uh, for basketball. And it appears what we got now, six teams that could be in the top four. So we got a race for that, maybe even seven. Uh, if you go down the schedule, uh, go down the standings a little bit. But thank you so much for the support. It really means a lot. And many know the situation I'm in. So uh, the search continues for something a little bit more consistent on my end. Uh, still loving doing this, and we're going to get into the into the softball and baseball uh, as it uh, as it pertains to this podcast, and try to do as well as I can all around, and not just you know South Alabama and, and the Cajuns, what I'm familiar with. So I do appreciate it. We'll try to do a little bit more with the East. I know I get a, a little bit of a some about Westland, if you will. So I need uh, I need to do a little bit better job over there, and we can get some guests on uh, as well as it is a very busy time. Crossover season is upon us. Uh, so I do appreciate it. Don't forget the audio podcast of uh, the show, wherever you get your audio podcast, just search Locked on Sunbelt. Apple Podcasts and Spotify are the most popular, but we should be able to find it wherever you get your audio podcast from. All right, let's wrap it up with the head coach of the South Alabama Jaguars, Major Applewhite.
All right. Well, saying this again, we'll wrap it up with uh, South Alabama's uh, Major Applewhite getting his second bite at the apple. He was the former head coach of the Houston Cougars. See what he learned uh, from that. And we talk about, as uh, you may expect it from me, who will be the starting quarterback for South Alabama in 2024. He is Major Applewhite, new head uh, football coach uh, for South Alabama uh, on Lockdown Sunbelt, your team every day. All right, so let's let's back it up a little bit. This is uh, not your first rodeo. Uh, you are, this is your second time head coaching and the game has changed immensely, not only on the field with analytics, maybe, uh, but the NIL and uh, the portal. What did you learn your first time as a head coach? And you're, you're coaching at Houston. That is a college program in a pro city. And now you're back to, uh, you know, college coaching in a college town. What was your, what was your experience there? What did you learn and what can you bring and know that you have to adjust because of what's changed since you were doing that for the Cougars. Well, the, the NIO and the portal has totally just absolutely 180 degrees the other direction in terms of recruiting. It's just, it's a different world. I mean, our discussions were, should we take this guy's? Is, is, it, is, it, is it worth putting him as one of our 85 for sitting out and missing a year, you know, versus what he's going to give us next year? That's just a totally mm-hmm. different discussion than what you're having nowadays. Right. Um, and I do think some of the stuff that we've done from a portal standpoint is good and allowing these guys to transfer. I, I think we certainly need to go back and look at when we're allowing them to do it, what dates, all those things, because you're, you're, these dates are not going to work. They're blowing up rosters, so they've got to right. figure that out. I do think it's outstanding that people are getting paid for putting on a, a very entertaining product. And, you know, I, I think it's been a, a sham for a long time that the actors never got paid. I mean, I can't imagine Tom Hanks not getting paid. Right. He too. So that, I think that's just ridiculous that we, we've had to cross that bridge. But what have I learned um, that any, everything from 2018 in terms of recruiting, other than the relationships that you build with young men and their families, is about out the window. Right. You know, it's, it still is about relationships. It still is about giving a young man an opportunity for a great education and, 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 and helping the parents understand that this environment that your child is going to be in, um, we're going to treat them like the way we would want someone to treat our son. Uh, there, there's still that element to what you're doing in recruiting, but but your questions are different now. Um, it's the coach, what is your NIL? What is your collective money? And then and then maybe the third question is what is your depth chart? Whereas when I was playing mm-hmm. 25 years ago, is what's your depth chart? Like I'm good on the scholarship thing. It's, it's the same thing at the other 127 schools. What's your depth chart? I want to play. So right. there's there's different lead-ins in these recruiting conversations now. So that's that's different for me. Um, you know, I think from the first job to the second job, Dave, it's just a little bit more patience and understanding as my daughter is now 15 years old. Um, you know, going back, there's a difference between an eight-year-old and a 15-year-old. And right. that's really helped me in these seven years just hmm. developing a, a more of a patience and, and just looking at players like, you know, this is my daughter. You know, how would you want to – made a mistake, you know. Right. The mistake's an honest mistake. You know, how do you want to approach this? Okay, well, then it's the old – parental like listen we're having this conversation now but the second conversation will not happen like this you know right. and, just, and just understanding those things and just trying to to help kids understand that you have it within you 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 come from good parents i'm not your first parent i'm not the first person that taught you right from wrong you have good parents it's in you and they're not next to you every day so i'm here to remind you but it's it's, it's that part of it um, a little bit more patience the second go around um you know being around coach saban in 19 and 20, he was very different than he was in 2007 when I worked for him. Um, right. A lot wiser, 
a lot more patient. I know we want to think that Coach Saban's been the same guy forever. No, sure he's no. probably grown and learned in his life as well. And Absolutely. I saw the way he handled the whole COVID situation. I was a part of that. And, you know, everybody has their opinions on it and what it should and shouldn't be. But, you know, for him during a, a very weird, awkward time, you know, for our country, whether it be COVID or just what was going on around our country, just saw the patience that he had with young men because his experience – the guys haven't changed from 18 to 22. They're still insecure. They're going to a, a, a place to prove themselves and perform. Right. Um, they're worried about what their parents think. They're worried about what their peers think at campus. They're worried about what everybody at home thinks. They're, you know, there's a lot of insecurity in being 18 to 22, and there's a lot of emotion. And so for to watch Coach for two years in 20, uh, 19 and 20, understand that about his players and understand that there's emotion in there, and I've, I've, I've got to wait for some of this to die down before addressing him. And, it's just been it was great for me to watch and observe yeah because we, i talked about that in the three years that i was doing radio in mobile you know everyone thinks that you know coach saban would just fly off the handle at everything and he really doesn't um you know stupid mistakes uh like not getting the first playoff you know to begin the second half or something along those lines but drops he doesn't you know because he knows he's yeah. going to need that player uh the next time uh also you know 15 yard penalties when you're up by 30 and, and it's the second or third string guy. And so those were the, he was, he was very, he calmed down a, a whole lot. Uh, all right. A couple more questions for major Applewhite. I, I, I alluded to it. So this may, you may be ready to answer this question. You may not. I'm certainly going to ask you at some belt media days, uh, who is the starting quarterback? Are we going with Gio Lopez? Cause he seems to be uh, the next guy in line. And uh, like Todd, the jet justice is a Desmond Trotter becoming a GA like by default. He's been there longer than anybody. <laughs> well, yeah. Todd, uh, first of all, I'll start with the quarterback. Gio, Gio's going to go out there with the ones for sure in spring practice. Um, you know, we're, we're going to always play the best player. Um, but he's, you know, by just pecking order and, and you know, what he did last season and, the, and what he did with his opportunities, you know, he produced. So he's, he's, he's natural in line to go out there and take first snaps. But like all the positions, and this is coach speak, but you got to continue to produce. Sure. You got to continue to produce a production-based business, and if you don't produce as a coach, you're gone. You don't produce as a player, you get replaced. I mean, that's just what it is. Um, but he'll he'll start there, and he's done a phenomenal job as 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 you know as, as well as I could ask a freshman to stay engaged uh, in a season. He was he was just so engaged, and and that's why he was able to go in and play well against Troy against a great defense and mm -hmm. make. <laughs> that wasn't really make, fair. <laughs> no, not at all. A Thursday night on a short week? You kidding me? Um, on the road. <laughs> yeah. What are we talking about? So. He's he he did a great job of that, and then and then also understanding what, this is what we're trying to do with this red shirt. We're trying to preserve it. We might need you here. We might need you there. I mean, he was up and down in the bullpen the whole second right. half of the season. So to, to to hold that and to keep your focus singular and 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 and, and handle the academic part of it was uh, was really you know cool for lack of a better term to to witness you know and just all right this guy I think this guy's got the maturity to handle kind of what's thrown at him and I've seen him you know press on the gas really hard this week and I've seen him slam on the brakes and help us in other areas and then press hard on the gas. And, and, you know, that's, it's just, it's, it's, it shows a certain level of maturity. Um, cause there's a lot of guys that really, really waste their freshman redshirt year. Mm -hmm. They really waste it. They find every way possible to be distracted on a college campus. They don't get better. They don't get stronger. They create bad habits and he has done the exact opposite. So very pleased with him. Um, proud of him, excited to watch him. And uh, he'll get the first snaps going out there in spring, and he'll do well with them. And um, you mentioned Desmond's name. You better have another one ready. And nice. that, that was uh, – I, I think I had the coolest security blanket in all of college football last year. 
because our guy could play. Our guy could start for a lot of schools. And, and Desmond, doesn't matter whether it was Southern Miss to go for a field goal at the end of the season. That's right. The year before last, yep. he jumped in, let us down on a scoring drive against Western Kentucky in the bowl. Uh, jumps in against Old Dominion uh, last year when Carter Bradley goes down, takes us down on a scoring drive there. And then obviously starts the bowl game and, and, and we win in convincing fashion. So, I mean, and, and Des is just one of those dudes that, you know, coaches always say this kind of stuff. You know, I, I'd let this guy date my daughter, you know, and all this right. kind of stuff. And you're like, whatever. No, you wouldn't. Desmond's that guy, though. He, right. he, he is. He is such a solid person, intelligent, great character, dedicated, uh, selfless, no ego. I mean, there's a lot of guys like that, and their names are all in the portal. And for him, it was important that he started what he finished, and he finished it at the place that he started. So I, I, I love the young man, and, and I, I don't know. I know he wants to get into the front offices of NFL organizations, and you know it's probably not worth a dime. But you, you need to take him if you're trying to hire somebody. And, and character is important. And a guy that comes in the office every day with a smile and uh, you know doesn't get any credit, but just maintains that that attitude is it's hard to find. And there ain't many 22 year olds, 23 year olds that have that about him. Yeah, I think he had a career day. I know it was a loss, but do you think he, you know, kept you in the Texas State game all all, day, all game long? <laughs> right, came in at halftime and just brought us right back in there. And he's, you know, it's just a testament to him and and his parents and his parents. Right. You know, coaches get a lot of credit. How can we we see these guys when they're nineteen? I mean, there's nineteen years of work put into that young man. Right. So his parents have just done an unbelievable job with him. All right, let's just about wrap it up with Major Applewhite, South Alabama's. New head football coach. You were a major a recruit out of Baton Rouge, Catholic High, somehow an Alabama fan in LSU. I'm sure that went over well in high school. Um, but until the NIL and portal, and you mentioned what the guys are looking about, I was always under the impression, I could be wrong, that it was usually two things outside of maybe a couple of programs and the top guys. So you can tell me about this when you were recruited. There's two things that 17 and 18-year-olds care about when they're getting recruited by college football programs, right? Playing time. And girls. <laughs> That's basically it. Now, now there's some other things going on, but I would think those are the those are the two main things outside of again, maybe the top guys. But so is was that what it was like when you were getting recruited and you I mean you went to you know you you went to Texas? I played a lot. I got a good looking girl when I went there. <laughs> well, your quarterback. <laughs> one one and two. Um but now I think it's about feel fit, right? I mean, it's it's right. no different than going and working for a new company or joining the church. It's just, do I feel good here? Do I like the, the environment? Do I do I, uh, you know, trust the people that I'm with? Do I feel like they have my best interest at heart? You know, am I just you know an, another guy, another number? And everybody wants to be loved. You know, it's a relationship, and you don't want to be the one giving a hundred percent, and the other person not really that interested. So, you know, you want someone that wants you. Uh, you want someone that, that that wants to invest in you and help help you become the best player that you can be. You want a place that has the opportunity to play. Um, your parents have told you that education is important, so you nod your head and you say, yes, ma'am, yes, sir, and, and you go ask the coach about how's your education, but that is important. You don't realize that until you start getting out. But um, you know, And then just the overall locker room. That's what I tell guys is, hell, we only get 20 hours a week with you. So right. I don't know what you're going to do with the other six days and four hours. Uh, you probably need to find out how cool our tutors are, our academic advisor, our strength coach, our trainer, uh, the guys that you're rooming with and locker rooming with. I mean, those are probably the people you need to spend a lot more time with than the head coach. I mean, Coach Brown was a great coach. He was a phenomenal head coach, Hall of Fame head coach. But I didn't go in there and have coffee with him every morning. You know, right. he, he had things to do. I had classes to go to. I mean, when I saw right. him in the hallway, he was cordial and it was great. But you better find out what it's like around the other 
98% of the campus because these coaches are, are, are just 20 hours a week. So it's all the other parts of the program. And that's where you really have to have studs, you know, in terms of your strength coach, your academic staff, your training room. And, and we've got that, you know, the, they call them support staff, but they really lift all the heavy weight. All right. Uh, not let one more question. Not many people are going to, you know, care about this question or answer, but I don't care. All right. What was your first paying job as a college football coach? First paying job. I could be wrong, but I think it was your first paying job. Uh, I was a GA. I'm going to give you two words. All right. And now let's get your response here. Perry Patterson. Oh, yeah. Well, that that was my first full time at Syracuse. Right. That was my first full time job. But I was a GA at at Texas uh, for a couple of years. I worked for Greg Robinson, who was uh, (laughs) he was defensive coordinator uh, for the Kansas City Chiefs. And uh, Greg came down, became defense coordinator at Texas. I worked on the offensive side of the ball, but I had to do a lot of things for his defense. So he gave me the opportunity to go up to Syracuse and be his quarterback coach. I was not the coordinator. Um, I was his quarterback coach. And it was a, it was a, it was a very rough first year at Syracuse in 2005. Uh, it was brutal. Uh, the weather, it was, it was just, it was difficult for a little Baton Rouge boy. Yeah, <laughs> I would think so. I mean, you know, it gets, it gets cold, you know, it's going to yeah. rain here over Mardi Gras. Cause it always does. You can, you know, predict the weather by Mardi Gras, but uh, I'm sure <laughs> thank goodness you guys played inside. Uh, during that time. He is Major Applewhite. He is the new head coach of South Alabama. Really appreciate your time, Coach. Uh, congratulations. Best of luck, and uh, we'll see you down the road. Thank you so Absolutely. much for helping. Thanks for having me, Dave. Awesome. Always have a good time with you. Thanks, Dave.